Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. New episode of the Phoenix MMA podcast. Um, it's a nice Friday. It's been really nice weather all week. Um, good day at the gym and uh, really busy. I know every podcast is say really busy, but that's the cool thing about the gym is it's um, it's uh, we're still inside of uh, we're a little older than two years. So uh, we're in a big, big growth phase and uh, growing is fun. It's um, if you're if you you'll know that you're growing if it's uh uh, you feel like you're uh, overwhelmed at times, but at the same time, it's fun and exciting, and um, you're kind of playing catch up. So, but uh, it's a good thing. So, growth. Um, very happy to have uh, more work than time to do, and uh, so, so stagnation is or depreciation is not fun. So, I'm really excited. We got so much stuff going on. Little updates, uh, things we had. Uh, we had the grappling games a couple weeks ago, and we also had. Luis and Carlos's first youth pancreation fight. Um, so if you don't know what youth pancreation is, it's a really good. Uh, it's really. I think it's going to be a really good, cool, a good rule, uh, rule set, um, experience, uh, experience for all of our youth students that have any interest in doing MMA when they um, are adults. You can't. You can't fight MMA um, until you're 18 years of age. Um, I wouldn't suggest doing it, even if you were in a state where it was legal. Um, there's just so much development, and if you actually want to do it, there's a very long you. Um, uh, you don't necessarily have the longest career, but um, but it takes a takes time to develop. Uh, there's been multiple people that get signed to the UFC at a really young age, and they just they're not developed enough. Um, and the thing with uh, combat sports, similar to kind of football, you got to think your um, your your body's your vehicle, and you you can only take so much damage. Um, so you're trying to control how much damage you're taking in. The more that you uh, build skills and uh, build your athlete, the less damage um, they will take. So um, there's Sage Northcutt's a great example of somebody who probably got signed to the UFC a little bit too early. Um, they you know saw potential and he's still a very good fighter if you know if you had him in your gym uh he would probably surprise you um but um but yeah so there's uh but sage has been running into some things so uh you can get thrown in uh to the deep end a little bit too fast so you got to be smart with it at the same time don't use that to just sit around and never compete and uh just wait forever but um but the youth pancreation it's essentially mma rules uh with shin guards uh, or it's mma rules with nothing to the head so body shots punches kicks uh, knees, takedown, submission. So it's just just MMA rule set. And uh, for Luis, Luis is 15, and Carlos is 12. It was both the first pancreation fights. Um, so, but it was um, it was the undercard of an adult MMA uh, card. So it was, it was at the FedEx Forum as well, where the 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 uh, the Memphis Grizzlies play. So they got to go into a big arena, uh, cool venue, and um, so get to build all the experience working up to it. And also they're fighting. Um, they're already you know at 12 years old. That's the first time you step into a cage. But the benefit of it is that you're not taking uh, not taking uh, brain trauma, so you're not getting damaged to your head. So it's a um, really good experience, and it's a really good way to um, one if you did wanted to if you did want to fight MMA, that was something that you wanted to do. You could do it as a young age. Um, not take a lot of um, damage, uh, not as much damage. Uh, it's another thing good as well for, uh, I would also add in what, what we do with our youth is uh, wrestling uh, with their school wrestling programs. School wrestling programs compete in wrestling tournaments, uh, local, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitions, um, uh, amateur kickboxing bouts with headgear and shin guards, and uh, and also now we're adding the pancreation so, um, so that they're really developed. So, you know, again, uh, could just be fun. It's just a, a hobby sport for you, um, but it also lets them know, you know, maybe because uh, you know when you were years ago, twenty years ago, it might have been I want to play in the NFL or NBA or MLB. 
Um, now a lot of people um, want to fight in the UFC. They're saying, I want to fight in the UFC when I grow up. So it also gives you an opportunity to see if it's really something that you want to do, if you really enjoy it. So you get to do it without um, getting that much damage and, and see if it's truly something you like. So, you know, you have to try things. Sometimes you'll think that you're going to like things and, um, and you like it. Maybe you don't want to dedicate your entire life to it. And, uh, and then sometimes you, 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 you know, you try it, you think you'll like it and then it just, you know, opens up for you and it makes you much more excited. Um, but yeah, they fought, they, they did very well. Um, we had the grappling games, we had a very good turnout and, um, thank you everybody for helping with, uh, the preparation training and, um, overall just the, the gym atmosphere is doing really well right now. And, uh, we're training hard and, uh, we're turning it, turning up a level. Um, we have the grappling games, the pro grappling games card as well. Right now we're trying to get matchups for that. So, um, have some pro grappling tournaments and then the, then the near future fall time, we'll have some, uh, kickboxing bouts and of course more Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and then that all also be going into the wrestling season for all of our youth so um so it's busy busy um if you're doing if you're doing combat sports that's one thing it's a, it's a year-round uh it's a year-round endeavor um doesn't mean that you you never take breaks or vacations but it's a year-round uh, endeavor and to tell you the truth it's um you know there's so many different facets so that's the nice thing is that you can work year-round on something and uh, really develop and um, but it's you know maybe not the same but but also high achievers in football baseball basketball um, they practice year-round so it's not just a three-month season and then you don't you know touch a basketball again um, still practicing so uh, so um, yeah so little things that that have been going on with the gym and uh, and also things to come another thing as well we we got our official uh, Zenith affiliation um, uh, underway or we got it. So, um, so if you don't understand what that means, I, I'm a black belt under Robert Drysdale and I'm Zenith affiliated. So if I go compete at the world championships, team Zenith, um, but the gym, we had just not become uh, team Zenith affiliated, um, yet, but now we are. And the, the one thing that's going to allow us to do is it's going to unlock, um, uh, tournaments, uh, internet IBJJF tournaments, International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation tournaments. So um, last year they had the Nashville Open. So um, so definitely going to compete, uh, and and that, and then we have other things coming in the future as well. Um, there's uh, one in Charleston, I believe that we're uh, we're eyeing for. Um, so if you're if you're interested in going to that uh, IBJJF tournament, just let me know. Or if you're looking to it, it's a, it's going to be a step up in competition from your local. From your local tournaments but uh but you you gotta test yourself so you gotta stretch yourself um this podcast is uh, weight training for combat sports. Um, some people that are listening to this, this might just be affirmation of things you already know, might be reminders. Um, and if you don't know anything about weight training, I'm not going to go into, you know, it's impossible to go into full detail on everything, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to steer you in the correct direction. I'm going to break down the experience that I've had with uh, strength training, weight training, and uh, some different rabbit holes that I've gone down. Uh, whenever I get into anything, um, I, I get, uh, super super into it so i go down rabbit holes i go down super you know 20 50 different tangents on a subject uh, i like it it's it's i enjoy it i really really enjoy it so you know normal you know news stories will be kind of boring to me um lots of you know i don't care about the new iphone that's coming out um it just it just does is not interesting to me but if i hear about a new you know new type of uh strength training uh that that perks me up so it's just my natural interest so um uh for the last let's say 17 years yeah last 17 years um i've been uh, gone down a lot of rabbit holes when it comes to strength training and conditioning 
uh, for the human body and, and read, read, read a ton of books um, because a lot of times I couldn't afford a trainer. And then when I could afford a trainer, um, I paid for the trainer. And I just and the big thing is when, when I have somebody with specialized knowledge that's that's uh, more experienced than me or, 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 or yeah more experienced or more educated in a subject, when they I pay attention when they teach me. I, I don't try to just just um, copy what they're doing. I try to understand what they're doing. How did they come to that understanding? Um, what are the resources so that I can look into it as well? Um, so, um, so again, I'm just going to give you the pieces that I've um, over the last 17 years, the things that I've uh, learned, some of the pitfalls that I've run into, and uh, hopefully it'll be a, a guide that'll help you out. I definitely think that strength training, weight training, for combat sports uh, really helps. I definitely think it helps. Uh, I think that it gets a bad name, and sometimes uh, sometimes it gets a bad gets a bad name, of course. But I think it's your uh, that's when people use it the wrong way. Um, that's like a lot of things, you know. Uh, you could do just whatever. You could name tons of good things if they're used the wrong way. Um, then they get a bad name. So. But uh, but weight training is definitely I, I think a good thing for your body and it will help you out with whether you're you know you're boxing wrestling Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Muay Thai kickboxing MMA uh, strength training weight training uh, will help you it has its place so um, so just a little bit I'll just give you my background um, so I've uh, I've worked in tons of gyms uh, MMA gyms um, I have not worked in a lot of just traditional bodybuilding or fitness gyms. Um, I, when I worked for the UFC gym, it was kind of a blend of uh, the personal training, functional fitness, bodybuilding, and mixed martial arts mixed together. So a lot of our training modules that we'd have, and um, you know, for the UFC, the corporate training in California that I went to, a lot of it was based on um, uh, it'd be strength training, bodybuilding, personal training, private coaching, coaching, coaching. Sorry. And um, and so there was there was a blend and um, and uh, you know we had to get personal training certificates uh, certification sorry um, and uh, so understand it to us uh, to a degree again that's not my it's not my favorite thing to do uh, but also um, I. I I had to understand it. Uh, initially, I didn't um, have uh, traditional training. Um, I, I started when I was 14 years old. I, I really was interested um, in strength training when, yeah, right, 14 years old. Um, <clears throat> the first book I can remember getting was uh, The Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding by Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's maybe, you know, maybe a 300-page book. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I would be in math class, and it, it's funny because years later I was doing a uh, personal training course, and um, it was actually for private coaching or uh, pers personal training with clients, and they we were uh, one of the little just basic quizzes and tests. You know, just like all courses, you know, if you take a, a course on how to drive or you're doing your driver's test, you have your your study material, then you have to you have to take a test. But one of the tests or quizzes that we had was we had to create different training splits or training programs for different clients. And, um, and, uh, and it was hilarious because at, at one point someone asked me like, how, how do you know to do this? Cause I was, I was just saying it out loud and I was like, Oh, okay. I, yeah, well, yeah, I know how to do this one. I know how to do it because when I didn't have the money to pay a trainer, and I was working to be a professional athlete. I had to buy books and I had to uh, watch seminars. And um, you know, I I, I went to a, a, a strength training conference seminar in Brazil 
that was uh, it was a speaker. He was like a world champion or national champion in Brazil. Uh, it was in Portuguese, and I could not speak Portuguese at the same the time. I have a certification. I have my little uh, my little plaque award. It's actually pretty hilarious when I think back on that. Now again, I I could not understand Portuguese at the time, and just happened to be the guy I was living with, uh, the 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 the, the, the jujitsu coach that I was living with, that was staying with in Brazil. Uh, he's like, hey, today we have a uh, strength training seminar. Let's go. And it was a uh, conference style with a uh, with a PowerPoint, um, but I still gathered some information from it. And um, anyway, lots of funny stories through um, that uh, that you'll anyway you'll look back after training for ten or fifteen years. You'll have some funny different things. But um, sorry, I lost my point. Uh, yeah. So uh, so when people asked, you know, how could you do this? Um, I, Lots of books, lots of books, seminars, um, learning, making lots of mistakes, like getting a book saying, okay, this will be the way to do it. And then I do that for six months. I'm like, I don't know about that. And then get another book. Oh, this will be the way. And then, then you know, there's some new Russian guy who says something. It's like, okay, I'm going to do that. And then there's something else. And, you know, I'd have, there's so many people in the gym. People call it bro science, but there's so many people in the gym. And, you know, uh, older people in the gym telling the younger people in the gym, this is the way you lift, this is the way you do your legs, this is the way you do this, you do this. So, um, yeah, and, and also I, I like to experiment too, so it's fun um, learning lots of different things. Um, so combination of uh, experimenting, advice from uh, other people, reading tons of books, seminars, lectures, and um, and then uh, official training as, as well, it, it, like you might think NASM. Um, style, um, personal training, uh, certification. So, um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I started, and also when I was 14 years old, I would, me and my friend, um, we were, we got really into strength training and lifting weights. And so when I'd be in math class or, you know, any, any class that, that really didn't interest me, I would behind my, behind my, um, book I'd be I'd be writing down training splits so I'd, I'd write down a split for when I had the time to do two a days lifting and then I'd write a, then for fun this sounds really weird but I for fun I'd say okay well, what happens if I only have time I can only lift twice a week what would be a good training split and then I write down okay if I can only lift three days a week or if I can lift six days a week so I had all of these at, at 14 years old it was just fun to me to write down the different training plans and then um, and if you and if you get that book and you read it it's a, it's a good book if you're if you're if you know uh, zero about strength training and um, building uh, muscle tissue and um, you know it's it has a lot of good stuff you know it has Arnold's notes in it where he was where he would find he'd take pictures of himself and say hey like I don't like I don't like the uh, my upper chest development and he would have little before and after pictures and then have his he would talk about how he adjusted it so he could have upper chest development but um, anyway so bodybuilding is um, it is interesting it's you know you're learning how to sculpt your body um, as best you can so um, yeah just quick little uh, background of how uh, how long I've been looking into it and um, you know maybe maybe why you want to listen to some of my advice but uh, you can also just explore yourself um, so, uh, a lot of my influences I could say Arnold definitely um, Jay Cutler Ronnie Coleman Marcy Pujanowski, Andre Gaval, Cabrinha, Pavel, um, Nick Curson. Um, so there's there's so many different lifters. There's more than this, but just I just spouted off a couple a couple different names. Um, uh, so it's like 
like Corinna, I really like because people will think, lots of times people will think of uh, just a, a really, really big bodybuilder. I, I always like to study, I like to study the pinnacle of any sport. So um, I might not want to ever be as big as Ronnie Coleman or Jay Cutler. I don't, don't have an urge for that. I don't think it's necessary. But um, what, they, what they're masters of is hypertrophy and, and building muscle tissue. So um, what I do is I'll, I'll find, you know, if I want to get faster, I want to study the fastest person possible. I m maybe don't want to be as fast as Usain Bolt, but, um, but I, I study how he trains um, because I, I want to get the best, the pinnacle, and I want to adopt that as part of my, part of my toolkit. On, um, again, it's, you don't necessarily have to get as big as Jay Cutler. Uh, or as strong as Marius uh, Pujanowski, but when you're looking to implement that into your into your athletic game or your toolkit, um, looking at the pinnacle really helps out. And they have different training philosophies for for different programs for different purposes. Um, but again, you're figuring things different things out. But uh, Cobrinha is a great example. It's like Cobrinha is a is a monster. You know, he competes at 70 kilograms, but um, like for his frame, pound for pound, uh, like is just ridiculous. Um, so there's lots of different ways to go around it. You don't, you don't have to be a huge Hulk. You don't have to be 250 pounds, 300 pounds. You could be, again, if you're frame, you're going to be 130 pounds or 145 pounds or 155 pounds. Um, what I'm, what I would, what I'm saying with this is with strength training and weight training, you can make yourself the, the strongest, fastest, most durable, less injury prone, um, version of yourself, whatever your weight class is. So again, it's you don't compare yourself to other people. You're trying to uh, just make yourself the best version that you can be. And um, and again, just think your body's your vehicle through life. And um, if you take care of your your vehicle and your um, you change the oil on it, you change the tires and things like that, you would think uh, your body you would at least. Um, spend as much time or even more time you know your body you, you know if your vehicle, vehicle breaks down your car breaks down you can buy another car um but if your body can't can't uh, sustain and, and you can't travel through the world and life with your own body um it's difficult to to buy a new car because you, you need to work you need your body so anyway uh weight training is going to help with that so we're going to go over some of the things and then a little starter uh, things that'll help you start out. Again, this this one be this podcast. If you've never gotten any strength training or weight training, this would be a good one for you to listen to. Um, I will say that if you are not at your full growth potential, like say let's say that you're you're younger, you're a youth, I would steer away from weight training at a young age. Um, I would I would wait until you're your your full height, um, just till your growth plates are completely uh, developed till you're until you're fully developed. Um, but but also this would also be for somebody like I, one of the rabbit holes I went down at some point um, was just focused on body weight training and um, and no weight training, no strength training at all. And that was actually I, I I'll tell you about it. But I think that was actually a, uh, a mistake of mine. Um, and that what that was from is I followed some there's there's always like. So just so you know, like this, this is what I've learned with um, wrestling, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai kickboxing, boxing. Um, even now that I'm, I study much more about gym running a business, and I and I study much more marketing business. Um, the fundamentals, uh, fundamentals are there's always fundamentals of everything that you're doing. And what happens though is humans we're, we're novelty seeking, um, and so we we get bored with the fundamentals and we look for. Uh, things that are flashy and fun, and the flashy things are good. They do they do help, um, and they they do have their place. But just know that 
if you're when you first start on something, you're trying to find the fundamentals of the program. The fundamentals um, are your are your base. And and again, I know you're gonna hear this all the time, and it sounds boring, things like that. But you know, I always say with jujitsu, it's hilarious. Statistically, number one guard pass at the black belt level, the world championships, is a, is a cut through or a knee slice. Um, and I know that people get bored drilling that, but it's just 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 like by the numbers, that's the number one highest percentage. Uh, guard pass. So why would you not develop that and make it a good guard pass? And also, uh, all skills depreciate. So you have to you have to work on it every so often. Um, but uh, so that doesn't that doesn't. I'm not saying that you only go conventional wisdom and you you um, don't innovate at all and you don't focus on the innovative new techniques. But um, but yeah, you you definitely want to look for that whenever whenever whatever you're doing. Um, hand like if you start boxing, your hand placement, where your elbows rest, how your chin's positioned, uh, those are your fundamentals, and the, the fundamentals will take you far. Um, and you wanna you just wanna adopt those as quick as you can, and then you can start getting onto the advanced things. Um, but uh, but I, I went down some bad rabbit holes because I would I would either listen to advice from people that I shouldn't have taken advice from. They weren't trained enough, experienced enough. They didn't. This is another big thing on that could help you out. You want to take advice from people, um, generally like people that are in a position um, or they they have a experience with something that that you would say okay that that's a good you know if somebody's giving you weight training experience um, but they've they're not they they don't um, have a strength like the, the strength that you're looking for or if you were looking on changing your physique they don't have the physique that you're looking for that all these things um, it's you know it's tough it, it, like to take that advice um, because lots of times that will just be uh, theories that they haven't actually uh, mastered or um, practice themselves put into practice um, now of course as you get older um, you you are going to be less uh, physically strong and athletic and things like this um, but there's still there's 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 a there's a there's a say it's a it's a ex-world champion wrestler i believe his name is lee kemp k-e-m-p um but yeah i, th- I think he's like he, he trains at uh he teaches at team alpha male i think he's in his mid-50s and he, he still has uh, a, a great physique he still wrestles he still moves um but um but yeah so just think if, if somebody's giving you advice on something um uh, see, like, do they do they have a level of um, mastery in that advice that they're giving you that you would that you would like? Um, so yeah, I took some advice on you know not not lifting weights and uh, not strength training for a bit, and I, I honestly probably shouldn't have. There's a lot of there's always fad. It, it's not gonna stop. There's it's never gonna stop. There's always gonna be fad workouts. Fad diets, it's, it's always going to be there. But if you can learn how to sift through all the distractions, find the foundations of things, and then experiment and listen to um, people with specialized, specialized knowledge and experience, it's going to help you go further faster. Um, but you're also going to make mistakes. You'll take advice and, you know... Um, yeah, so my, my main mistake, I'll say, is I stopped strength training for a, a good amount of time. Um, and I'll explain like how it started. I also ignored a big part of my body for a long time. I ignored my legs for a long time. Um, I wouldn't strength train my legs and I'll just explain why would happen. Uh, when I started my wrestling team, uh, my wrestling coach was not very big into strength training. Uh, he was also a cross country coach and track coach and his son was, um, 
was a three sport athlete, so cross country, wrestling, and football. Um, and and uh, and the running part was a, a big part of our conditioning. So we'd run four point seven miles uh, before wrestling practice every day, Monday through Friday, almost a five mile run, and then a two hour wrestling practice after that, which gives you great conditioning, great cardio. It's not exactly the same type of cardio that is uh, for wrestling or jiu-jitsu or, or um, uh, MMA, um, the long distance as opposed to uh, explosive burst. Long distance running does it definitely has its place, um, but primarily uh, my coach was doing that to make sure that his son um, didn't get out of shape for, for so that when he was in wrestling season, he wasn't out of shape for track season. That was going to come up next, um, and he, had, he was uh, multiple-time state champion in cross-country, wrestling and track um so uh for again that was designed for that that program and uh and it's also it's it's a it's an easy catch-all kind of just hey go run five miles if you run five miles it's going to keep your weight down uh it's going to keep your weight low and you're, you're also going to you're not going to have bad cardio off that but it's maybe not optimal um but that was that was what started my uh ignoring my leg development um was just just for the ability to even stand or walk um, because we were putting so many miles in. And then just imagine a two-hour wrestling practice doing live takedowns. Um, yeah, constantly. So I, I started it there and uh, ignored my legs, and that's um, that was a mistake for sure. I'd say for the last the last year, I started working on legs, and then in January, I really, really focused on uh, on developing my legs, and it's um, and it's it helps so much. It, it helps with a lot of different things. Um, uh, I'll go into that just a little bit. Some of the, the things that I've noticed from doing it, and it's it's funny to me now because uh, because I've avo- avoided that part of my strength training for so long. Uh, now I can I now that I'm older, uh, I can actually kind of see the, the 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 actual benefits. When I was younger, I would have felt them, but not be able to articulate them or think them out. Um, uh, then that was early with the legs, but I still would do a lot of upper body work. Um, and then the, the next time when I fell out of my uh, strength training was um, to win the 2000, 2009 World Championships. I won as a purple belt, and um, and at the time, no one in Tennessee had ever done it. It was my goal for four years. Um, I wrote it down, had it in my wallet. That was that was my goal was win win a world championship. And um, and I, I had a weight class issue where I was just a tweener. I was uh, walked around right about like 148, 149. Um, the weight class that I had competed in the Pan Ams before was 154 with the gi on. And uh, the issue was oftentimes I was there was a horsepower issue. I was getting uh, muscled around a little bit. Again, technically I was I was there and I could also improve my technique. <clears throat> but there were matches. There were there were issues where it's like okay, being overpowered, um, and and I could the main issue with putting on that much muscle muscle at that time was just at that young age, my metabolism was so fast. Combined with doing two practices a day, um, five six days a week, um, it was very hard for me to put on muscle because of the amount of cardio I was doing combined with my metabolism because of my age. Um, so, so I could have taken, um, I could have taken a time off where I, I didn't do as much cardio and as much live training and just focused on, uh, lifting. But at the time my focus was jujitsu and I was like, there's no way I'm going to take off six months or eight months to try to put on, you know, eight or 10 pounds, just focusing on lifting and my calories. So I decided to do the, uh, the other option, which was to drop to one, there's 154, then the next weight class is 141, which is a decent drop when you're thinking about body weight. Uh, so my frame, I competed at 141, I won the world championships at 141, but that's with the gi on, so I had to walk around at about 137, 138. 
Um, so I was walking around about 149, 150, and then I had to drop to 137. Um, I had people, uh, you know, I had people at times that would, um, that would see me it was actually one of my one of my coaches um, that had not seen me for a while. He he flew into Nashville and when he saw me, he thought I was sick. He he told me he's like, you look like a cancer patient right now um, because I was so just thin. Um, but with that, I decided uh, I actually chose to trim uh, muscle off and obviously I cut a lot of body fat, but I was really really skinny at that time um, and not not the healthiest. Um, I was star- starving myself and uh, not not a good not a good recipe. Um, but uh, and I and I there was a time where I got super low body fat and I was like, okay, I still need to trim off some muscle. So um, I did some uh, some really really calorie deprivation things. I would not suggest to do. Um, but uh, again, I was fo- focused on my goal. So um, so that uh, when I was doing that though. Uh, I was trying to trim off muscle. I was trying to trim off body fat first, but then I actually had to trim off muscle to get to that weight class. Um, so I, I still, at the time, I was uh, strength training, weight training at that time. And when I decided to cut weight, I was like, okay, it's going to be more difficult for me to cut off muscle tissue if I'm lifting weights. Um, so I just went to body weight exercises. Um, and, uh, and I use body weight exercises, so I'd still have a, a strong frame, but, um, but be a little bit harder to put on weight. Um, so, uh, and that worked for me, and, I, and, and it went well. I won the European Open. Um, uh, I got silver at the Pan American Games, then, then ended up winning the World Championships, got to beat, uh, you know, beat out my opponent. Um, uh, so I got to avenge my, my silver medal at the Pan American Games with the gold medal at the World Championships. So um, it worked really, really good, uh, or, or it worked out, obviously. Um, but that was the, the other reason why I stopped. I had a purpose. I had reasons for it. Um, but they were, um, I, I'm just explaining to you why you might rationalize not doing it. Strength training, you might rationalize that you don't have time or you need to cut weight class. Or, again, if you have very specific goals and it's what you have to do, um, no problem. Um, but if you're... Um, uh, if you can find a uh, weight class for you that will allow you to do strength training, or if you're just doing this as a hobby, um, I think strength training, uh, weight training will help you. Um, it's going to help you with your longevity. It's going to help uh, your your training. You're actually your body's going to perform better, and you're going to be less likely to be injured. Um, uh, anyway, so I know. Sorry, sorry, going on the rants, but. Also, so this is something too that that. Excuse me, sorry about that. So now you won't see it as much because the UFC is becoming more and more mainstream and, and there's m- much more athletes that are getting into the sport. Um, but the, the, the generation I came from when I was watching the UFC, there were still a lot of uh, fighters and athletes, and it still exists now today, um, but there was a lot of athletes. Uh, if, you're, if you're super, super technical, like just super technical, your fight IQ is just insane, you can get away without without the strength training, uh, the strength conditioning. Um, examples, BJ Penn, Marcelo Garcia, Ryan Hall, Bernard Hopkins, uh, Sanchai, um, yeah, the, all those predominantly use their martial art or their sport um, for, their, for their strength and conditioning and sport-specific specific training. Um, um, but, uh, but again, that's super, fi- super high fight IQ, and um, uh, you can get away with that. But even like BJ Penn, you... People might not, it kind of stinks now that BJ Penn, um, he keeps fighting and he's, he has loss after loss, but people don't understand. It's like BJ Penn in his prime was 
electric. It was it was insane how good he was. It's like he moved up a weight class. Matt Hughes, everybody was terrified. Everybody thought Matt Hughes was unbeatable. BJ Penn's like, okay, I'll go up a weight class. I'll fight him. I'll fight him on. Uh, I'll go up a weight class. Um, had a belly, you know. Um, and and the the people the guys uh, Matt Hughes's weight class um, were just being destroyed by Matt Hughes, just ragdolled. And uh, BJ's like, okay, I'll go up there with some you know body fat stuff, and then I'll take his back and I'll strangle him. Um, but uh, yeah, BJ Penn, and then when he fought George St. Pierre's, George St. Pierre's um, uh, physique and, and his physical ability, it's again BJ. Their first fights, BJ still matched it with just super high fight IQ and technique. Um, but the, the main problem with that is just if you if you do, I would suggest to have a high technical proficiency um, and do that. The problem is what happens when you run into uh, yourself. Um, and there is going to be the person as yourself. That would be like BJ Penn versus Frankie Edgar. Um, that's a good example. Um, so somebody with a super high fight IQ, but they also focus on their strength conditioning program. And uh, and then that's that's when you'll when you'll see some of those headaches and those those issues. Um, so uh, yeah, just no common thing like people. There's two. Uh, the it's really simple once you hear it. But lots of people will focus the mind a whole lot. Like focus on the mind. Don't focus on the body. It's like uh, nope. And then the other recipe people will use will they focus on the body a ton and don't focus on the mind. Uh, they don't study. Um, they're not focused on techniques. Like, uh, nope. It's like the answer, um, in my experience, is focus on your mind, your tactics, your strategy, your fight IQ, um, drilling, studying tape, um, and also focus on your body, strength, speed, conditioning, cardio, flexibility. Um, you know, that's the, the cool thing about martial arts is it's the integration of both the, the mind and the body. Um, it's the fun thing. Um, so, uh, benefits for your strength training. If you're thinking like, Hey, I heard, um, so-and-so say, uh, you shouldn't strength train or don't lift weights or anything like that. Um, again, you're, you know, test it out, see how you'd like to do it. Um, if you have a naturally large frame, um, I think you can get away with it a little bit longer. If you have a naturally large frame, uh, let's say this, you're just maybe you're six, four, 220 pounds, just naturally, you can get away with that. Um, uh, because you, I think you're, you're larger, just your, your default setting is larger than the majority of the population. Um, so you can kind of get away with that longer. The only thing is, again, you run into a six foot four, uh, version of you that you, let's say your natural frame is 220 and they're 245. Um, and they're, you know, 40% faster than you, 40% stronger, more flexible, et cetera, et cetera. Um, easy thing to run out. Um, so uh, some of the benefits for it. So if you're still not sold on, on picking up a weight, like picking up some weights, you think it's that, that'd be a silly thing to do. Um, it's going to strengthen your body. Duh. Um, but like actually strengthen your body. Um, it's, uh, it's, you're going to build more muscle tissue. It's like armor. Um, but, but I mean, it's going to strengthen your body and everything you do, picking things up, pushing things, moving bodies around, uh, squeezing. Um, it does increase your speed. Um, it increases your explosiveness and increases your squeezing strength. So squeezing strength, definitely important for jujitsu and wrestling. Explosiveness, important for all combat sports. Speed, important for all combat sports. Um, muscular endurance as well. And I have a funny story on this. It's a, it was like a, like a nightmare. I, I was fighting for, um, 
the WK World Championships. I was representing Team USA in Scotland, and I was fighting. I was in the finals of the, the tournament, and uh, I took my opponent. It was round two. I took my opponent down, uh, passed his guard. I was setting up a Kamora from side control, stepped over, sat down to an armbar, looking to finish my armbar. In the first round, I'd picked him up multiple times, and um, and at that time, I was not focusing on my legs at all. And uh, and I actually got in the armbar, my legs started cramping. It was like a scary, like a scary dream where you're, you know, you got a bad guy, you got him in the armbar. My legs cramped, and I could not finish the armbar. Every time I tried to squeeze, my legs would cramp. Um, so I kept the, I kept an overhook on the arm, uh, threw a couple hammer fists to the head, let my legs recover, um, stopped the cramping, and then I ended up finishing it. But uh, that issue was that in the first round, I'd picked up my opponent multiple times. I'd deadlifted and squatted him uh, multiple times. And, uh, and also I'd got takedowns in the first round and then got takedowns in the second round, which are all these are very taxing on your legs um, and muscular endurance. Muscular endurance and cardio are different things. Um, but that was that was one. I, I Luckily, I recovered and I was smart enough to, to let my legs recover and find a spot. Um, but that was that was definitely a, a point that I was like, okay, I need to start working on my legs more because um, they just cramped on me, just muscular endurance. Um, kicking power. Uh, people might think this that, that lifting weights, like doing squats, wow, wow, how would that help with your kicking power? Or lifting weights, it'll slow down, slow down your kicks or it's going to lower the amount of power. Um, I'd say false. Um, no, it's, it's going to increase your power. It's going to increase the amount of force you can generate. Um, it's going to make your legs more muscular. It's going to make them bigger, stronger, heavier. So that not only are they going to be heavier, uh, heavier um, weapons, they're going to be bigger. It increases bone density. Um, so for your, especially when you're kicking with your shins and your feet, bone density is a good thing for you. But when you're squatting, yeah, it's going to increase bone density. Um, develops your, uh, your glutes, your quads, your hamstrings. And um, this is my, my, this is actually something that I learned from my fiance recently. We had a, she had a snowboarding accident. She tore her ACL. When she first tore her ACL, she couldn't, um, the body just to protect itself, it wouldn't allow her quad to develop, or, or wouldn't let her quad engage. It was just impossible for it to turn on. So even if she put weight on it, just the quad would not engage. Um, but her part of her physical therapy uh, program, the very first thing was she had to strength, re-strengthen her quad to, uh, to secure her, her knee and protect her ACL. And uh, one of the very first exercises she did was she had, uh, so it's like tricky, it's like how can you develop your quad without putting weight on your knee? Um, and then the physical therapy, what she started with was really basic is you lay down on your back, flat on your back, and you just kind of do flutter kicks, but you do it with the, just the single leg. So you just bring the leg up, just leg raises. Um, and you can test this out. So if, as you lay on your back and you lift your leg up, uh, you want to feel like right below your, your belt line, right at the top of your quad, right where it connects to your hip. Uh, as you lift your leg, you will feel your quad engage. Okay, so um, so that's so I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. You can work on your quads without putting any weight, and we had to do that to to get her uh, leg rehabbed um, with her uh, to to avoid ACL surgery, um, and and she did that and it worked out well um, and avoided surgery. Um, but so something I noticed when I started working on my legs, um, working on my my uh, squat development and uh, working on my legs a lot is uh, just throwing kicks on the bags. Uh, how much faster I could. Uh, how much more force I could generate, how much faster my legs, my kicks were, um, and how much power I had, um, just from just from developing my quads a lot. And it's like, oh, okay, duh, that makes sense. Um, your quads are required to lift your leg off the ground. Um, yeah, that's silly. Why would you? Why would you never ever strengthen those? Um, yeah. Anyway, basic things, but 
sometimes you just run uh, run into like a ditch. And you're like, okay, that's that's obvious. Should have been able to think that out. Um, but again, I got advice from people that say, don't don't strength train. It's going to make you slow. It's going to. I'm going to go into the things that make you slow too. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, also focusing on legs. These are these are things I've noticed because my upper body I've I've developed for for 17 years. So I so I have some of those advantages. And sometimes I don't think about it, but. Obviously, your upper body don't squeeze. If you're thinking about jiu-jitsu, squeezing somebody in side control. Um, but with when it comes to jiu-jitsu, the things I've noticed are triangle chokes. Um, the the leg endurance completely different. I can hold triangle chokes, sustain uh, amount of squeeze for a much longer time. Uh, guard retention, the ability to move your legs, to have your legs strong in different awkward angles and positions. Um, and and one of the biggest ones is mount control, actually from always having very weak legs to uh, working on my legs now, uh, it makes a huge difference in controlling somebody in the mount. Makes it makes a huge difference. Um, let's see. Uh, it's going to armor you up, okay? Lowers your chance of injury. Uh, you have more muscle tissue. You're going to be a little bit more thick. Um, you know, when I first got back to training, I actually took an entire year off because I was working close to seven days a week, um, to save enough money to, uh, to, to start the gym. And, um, so I, my body had depreciated a lot and a good friend of mine, uh, spider, he came in the gym and the first day that we rolled, it was maybe the first or second week the gym opened. Um, he was looking to pass, he was trying to pass my guard. I posted my brain said, Hey Corey, you're still a pro athlete. And my body said, no, you've been, uh, not training for an entire year. And I dislocated my shoulder from just pressing, from just pressing really explosively and hard. Um, and I just deconditioned and I hadn't uh, been strength training on my shoulder. So right there I dislocated my shoulder and that was just for me to decondition and trying to go too hard, too fast. But um, uh, yeah, and, and he was also drop he was dropping his weight as well and there's a significant weight difference. But especially if you're a smaller person and you're going to be... Uh, uh, sparring or rolling or wrestling or doing anything with with larger people um, it's really important to uh, armor your body up everything from shoulders to your back um, there's anyway your neck um, increases bone density already went over that but yeah bone density is going to help you um, whether it's a grappling martial art or a striking martial art um, things for your for your mental state too that's going to help uh, promotes um, it uh it helps uh, promotes uh, your hormones, so it helps uh, hormone production. Uh, when you're done lifting, you'll get a you'll get a boost of hormone production. So it's going to be healthy for you. That's that's good for your mind, good for your body as well. Um, you get to see incremental progress. Um, you'll see it in the mirror, and you'll see it on the numbers that you're lifting. Uh, if you're keeping a log on the amount of weight that you're lifting and the amount of reps or sets, um, and that's a really important thing on staying on task with the goal. You you need to set a large goal, uh, but you also need to see yourself uh, taking steps towards that goal. And as you see it, um, you'll actually get a little mental boost from that. Uh, it's a really important thing. It's the reason why if, if you don't have a goal at all, um, you, you'll probably not as happy because it just kind of feels like you're floating around once you set a goal and then once you feel yourself and your 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 body and your mind notices that you're getting close to that goal um it does make you uh it gives you a, a good feeling um and uh you could go down a rabbit hole on the the psychology and the neuroscience on that if you'd like to you can check that out it's not just a not just a common sense thing there's some good scientific data that backs up uh and explains that um Oh yeah, so uh, so anyway, I know if you already know about lifting, a lot of these things you're just you know I'm preaching to the choir. You know about this, but if you're if you're not doing any strength training, uh, just little tips, reasons why you want to try it out, some experiences that I've gone through, 
Um, and then now we'll finish up with negative ways uh, to lift. Um, this is kind of where lifting or strength training gets a bad rap. It's a bad name and how it could, how you could mess up. Um, so hopefully this helps you out if you're like, okay, I'm going to start strength training, but uh, you can miss these, uh, just avoid these easy little uh, pitfalls. So um, you skip skill practice for strength training. Um, still, when it comes to combat sports, this thing, all martial arts, uh, it's you're using uh, your, your mind, you're using intellect, you're using skill, um, using practice to, uh, to, to technique to overcome uh, just physical advantages. So you don't want to skip your skill practices for just weight training. People do that all the time. This is kind of like, these are like bodybuilder mistakes, okay? Like it's like uh, you do 80% strength training, 20% skill, and then, then you're like you're having a hard time. Uh, you, you know, you're getting beat during sparring and wondering why. It's, it's not that. It's you, uh, you strength train or you strength conditioning for your martial art. Um, that's the what I'm speaking for. Again, if you're if you're trying to be a professional uh, MMA fighter, kickboxer, jiu-jitsu, um, your training is not going to be exactly like a, a professional powerlifter or bodybuilder. Those are two separate uh, goals. Um, you want to go down the path that's going to lead for your goal. Um, but yeah, don't, skill, don't skip your skill practices. Uh, skill is the most important thing. Um, not stretching, so yeah, that happens all the time. Where the lifting is really fun, the 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 you know picking up big weight and uh, that all that good stuff, but not stretching. Uh, biggest easiest thing you can do is just 15 minutes after you get done lifting, uh, stretch, and or, and or whenever you're doing your skill practice when you get done, uh, take 15 minutes and stretch after that. If you're only lifting, uh, especially you're lifting heavy weights and you're never working on your flexibility, um, then you can mess yourself up and lower your range of motion, and that will also cause injuries. So you get armor but and you'll you that's where you'll run into being more slow when you're range motion but there's there's plenty of people that um there's uh there's there's bodybuilders and powerlifters that can do the full splits but you have to you have to um you got to do the flexibility side too as well you guys still stretch um and not doing cardio yeah not doing cardio all the time uh bodybuilding bodybuilders love to to love to lift uh bodybuilders powerlifters love to lift but don't do cardio um i would still say the majority of your cardio probably wants to come from the sport, uh, live practice of the sport, um, but also just uh, live practice of the sport as in sparring and drilling. Um, so you can't only spar because you'll acquire, you'll get just so much damage that you'll get beat up. But uh, live uh, live drilling, or sorry, drilling at a fast pace is very good cardio as well. And then, of course, there's other there's other cardio protocols, but uh, lots of people when they get into lifting, um, they, they, they look up bodybuilders and bodybuilders will, um, when they say they do cardio, they're, they're walking on a treadmill for an hour or walking on a treadmill for an hour to two hours. Like that's not the type of cardio you need walk that's walking that's walking that's for for uh brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner wrestler uh mma jiu-jitsu muay thai that's not cardio that's walking that's what you do when you just go to the mall and go shop okay that's that's not that's not it's not the same thing the bodybuilders do that type of cardio because they're trying to put on so much muscle mass but that's not cardio when you're thinking about a combat sport um not even close that's that's what you do when you go shop uh cardio when you cardio for a combat sport is what it feels like when you're finishing a double leg or you're you're scrambling for a sweep or you're trying to uh shoot a quick arm bar or you're you're slipping two punches trying to hit a switch kick to the body or you, you know all these things uh that's the cardio that you're trying to strive towards and the same way that strength training uh starts out really really difficult it the first three months just know it's going to be sore you're not going to like it you're probably not going to like it the first three months um you're going to be really sore you're gonna um your body's gonna be sore same thing with intense cardio 
first three months, you're not going to like it. Once you get past that, uh, that, that initial three months, uh, you will get this compound interest snowball effect where you'll actually start loving intense cardio and uh, intense lifting or strength training. Uh, both of them get a really, really fun feel to them. Same thing with um, uh, combat sports sparring, Muay Thai, hard Muay Thai sparring, hard jiu-jitsu sparring, hard wrestling sparring, all these things. When you first start, um, and as a beginner, that's not what you should be doing right out of the bat. You shouldn't do that. First three to six months, you should start out easy. Um, but once once you start building up, you got to start pushing yourself. And I promise the, the funniest thing is once you start kicking it up a notch and you get used to that and your body gets used to it, you'd be amazed at what the human body um, can do. I mean, you know, like prehistoric man, like we're like gold man. Like we used to hunt and gather and run and climb and jump all the time. We didn't have cars. We didn't have air conditioning. Um, but it's amazing what the human body can do. You, you do got to be smart and do it the right way. Um, but you will eventually get to the point where you love um, that high intensity sparring doesn't mean you have to do it every day but uh but when you first start it will feel like the most miserable thing same thing for your strength training uh if you're doing it really really focused on it same thing for your cardio training it all starts out being really uncomfortable and awkward um being feeling feeling like painful and very uncomfortable is probably the best one it feels very uncomfortable once you get past that that level um you will start really enjoying it and that's that's when you'll see like you know if you're looking at like some tim kennedy videos doing sprints and power clean stuff like that it's like that that the guy's a maniac and uh if you if you do it for i'd say a, a year or two years uh you, before you know it you'll you'll be surprised you'll say are you some goggins stuff you see goggins running he's yelling at the camera doing some stuff you get running you go into that mental state uh it's actually pretty enjoyable um and it uh to me it's always that's that's i don't really go out to bars and clubs very often um but that's where i where i get that excitement from is the the intense training so um Last little bit, finish up how to start. Um, you start out simple, start out slow, start out easy, like all things. Start out with light weight. Um, I would suggest buying a book. Um, buying a book. Uh, you could do a personal trainer if you want, but if don't just let a personal trainer tell you what to do. Pay attention to what they're doing. The biggest thing is train your mind, train your brain, figure out actually what's going on. Don't just follow a cookie cutter program. That's what I'm saying. A book would be really good. You could Again, I started with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding. You start with that book. Um, you don't have to start lifting uh, five days a week. You could do one day a week if that's all you had. You could do two days a week. You could do three days a week, um, whatever you have. You don't even have to go to a weightlifting gym. You could buy uh, one kettlebell. You could buy two kettlebells, three kettlebells, and you could work out in your living room. Uh, kettlebells is the easy catch-all where you could start, um, and you could you could get you would be better in three months or six months if you just got a, a single kettlebell and two days a week, three days a week. Um, you can find free routines on YouTube. Again, I would suggest buying a book. Actually, uh, yeah, buying a book because books are v not expensive and they pack a ton of information, but you do have to actually read them. Um, if you get on YouTube, you're going to find some some good information, some trash information, and a lot of people trying to sell you like really, really big programs. or uh, it's like, Buy a book. Buy a book for $30. Buy a book. It'll have 300 pages in it. It will explain so much stuff. Um, but it's going to require the calories of you to actually read and, and pay attention to it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, start out, start out slow, start out easy. Um, uh, it's definitely going to help. Um, in my experience again, and if you watch all the UFC champions right now, every weight class, um, every weight class strength training is a, is a part of it. Um, all, all the, 
yeah, combat sports, it, it's there. So it, it will help you, even if you're just doing this as a hobby and it's fun. Um, and it's going to help. It will help you with injury prevention too, um, just armoring up your body, especially when it comes to, uh, well, actually all combat sports, but especially with jiu-jitsu where you're getting uh, torqued on and you're getting pressed and, and, and crunched um, with shoulders. Like shoulder development really helps because uh, shoulders can get dislocated pretty easily and having your quads and your hamstrings developed to protect your knee, stabilize your knee help as well. Um, yeah, uh, be wary if you get on YouTube again, cause you're going to find some gimmick videos. You're going to find some fad gimmick training systems, uh, that will tell you not to, not to lift at all. Um, not to strength train at all. Um, again, I, I listened to those, some of those for a little bit and uh, I would not suggest do it. Um, again, I'm just trying to help out. This is to help all the students, uh, all of our students that are trying to figure out, uh, the way that best fits them and their best program. Uh, yeah, that's it. So, um, long little rant on, I know if you've, uh, if you really enjoy strength training and weight training, you've been into it, you probably know all this, but, uh, but if you don't know anything, I hope, hopefully this is a little case for you, um, to implement it. Maybe you've stopped, um, you know, uh, maybe you've stopped again. I'm not saying that you have to do it five days a week, anything like that. You could get a kettlebell, do it in your living room, um, whatever bedroom um and you don't have to go uh five days a week nothing like that um maybe you you used to do it um and you just got bored with it me personally with weight training to tell you the truth um i could not do it just by itself uh, i don't i don't have interest in um uh entering a bodybuilding competition my my strength training um and my cardio training to tell you the truth has has, has always been motivated by my by my sport um uh, by wanting to get better at sport. So, uh, maybe that will be the motivation. If you try to just lift weights before just to look in the mirror and, you know, that got boring doing bicep curls, but now you're, you're lifting for an actual purpose. Your strength training for actual purpose, um, will help you out with motivation. And, uh, just know the first three, six months, um, you're, you're going to be sore. It's actually going to make your live training, your sparring more difficult in the short run, but in the long term, it's going to help you out with, um, with, uh, with everything. It's just going to make your body, um, run, run better, faster, quicker, more explosive. But, uh, hopefully this one helped you out. And, uh, I'm, I have a new podcast too. The ideas are coming. I just gotta actually write it down. I have to get it, but I'm gonna have one on, uh, uh, one about, uh, resisting during drilling, uh, oversimplification of defense encounters. Um, and so that one's going to be, uh, how to develop really good defense for submissions and, and how to explore. So I'm going to try to help, uh, explain how to explore and, uh, innovate and create new positions or specifically defense encounters to techniques. And then one of the, the main pitfalls that I see all the time in training is, uh, just oversimplification of just, uh, just blocking stuff. Uh, anyway, well, I, well, I gotta, gotta fully think that one out and get my notes down and then we'll, uh, we'll do that one. So that one will be coming out pretty soon. Hopefully you, uh, enjoyed this one and um again don't skip your skill training this is uh this is uh extra training uh your strength training so hopefully you enjoyed this one and i hope everybody has a great weekend thanks again for uh listening to the podcast thanks bye